This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. They're all gonna laugh at you. You're listening to the Jersey Cool. Hey everybody. What's up? And welcome back to Oh wait. <clears throat> and welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Cool. We are continuing our Valentine's Day Red Flag Month. Mm-hmm. Because this time, we got a couple of ladies you want to stay far <laughs> away from. None of these girls are good news for no. a myriad of reasons. Red flags. Red flags. Again, yes. red, for, red, flags. red for, for hearts and Valentine's Day because these girls are danger, danger, danger. Um, we're we're going to cover Hellraiser 2022 and Hellraiser Part 2. Now, the reason why we decided with uh, to do Hellraiser 2022 is because Hellraiser 1 is one of the only movies that we've actually covered twice already on ye old Jersey Ghouls. That is true. Yeah, so while I'm not opposed to revisit things from five years ago because we were a train wreck back then. <laughs> I am uh, I am confident that we did Hellraiser right. Um, we, we had Joshua does cosplay right, for a while. Joshua yeah. does cosplay, yeah. So w- I probably tortured you in making you watch a remake slash reboot slash whatever this is. The director himself and Barker himself both called it a reimagining. I don't know if that helps categorize it. Meh. So kind of a reboot, I guess? Kind of. Uh-huh. I had read that it was an adaptation of... The Hellbound Heart, which which was Hellraiser, the movie was right. an adaptation mm-hmm. of. Um, in preparation for this episode, I uh, listened to the Hellbound Heart audiobook. It's only a few hours. It's, an, it's a novella. Um, for them to say that that Hellraiser twenty twenty two was a adaptation of the Hellbound Heart, <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> sure. Um, so this one was directed by David Bruckner with the um, b- blessing and support of uh, Clyde Barker. That's cool. And um, I-, I don't know. I mean, okay, I'm going to say this right off the bat. Please do. I don't know anything about BDSM scenes or fetish scenes or even LGBTQ related to fetishism and BDSM scenes. So I'm talking as one of the most vanilla people you'd ever want to know. So... Sorry, everybody. I don't... I can't... Because, like, I was reading an article and, and David Bruckner called the new Cenobites a direct reaction to modern fetishisms. And I was like, eh, okay. 
And then he called uh, Riley, the main character in this film, and a, a girl who personally I think his red flags abound too. Right. She's going to throw this out there. He called her a new take on society's unhealthy dependencies on, quote, shiny things. And I was like, none of what he's saying, like, matches what I watched. Yeah. And, again, like, I do think Riley is an interesting take on a modern, what's the new generation? Not the millennials, the zennials, I guess. Whatever the fuck we're calling the really young kids now. Yeah, sure. Because she was just a hard no for me. You want to talk about a girl you do not want to get into a get into a tussle tangled mm. relationship with because this girl was a hot train wreck of a human being and maybe that was the point right like I get what they were saying about her addiction and blah 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 but I'm gonna say she she was not a character who I wanted to root for in any way shape or form right um, now I will say that Jamie Clayton as Pinhead was interesting I like a trans actor playing Pinhead I think everybody who's got their panties all in a wad about it needs to sim Madonna. Well, and also, I mean, if we're gonna, yeah, if we're gonna touch on the adaptation, the Pinhead character, the priest, um, it it was a gender fluid character. It was both male and female. So because Clive Barker is was in that scene and has evolved through as a, in my opinion, a pioneer LGBTQ voice and queer voice in horror. And I mean, honestly, Pinhead was never meant to be the face of this franchise. No. But he became so popular that he is. So in the Hellbound Heart, the novella, Pinhead, or the priest, is a gender-fluid character, both male and female. So it kind of makes perfect sense that we finally get a more gender-fluid Pinhead. And again, Pinhead wasn't even supposed to be the face of this franchise. Not at all. But due to the popularity of him, he became that way. Doug Bradley became... You know, the iconic, when you think of Hellraiser, sure, you might think of the box, but the first thing you think of is Pinhead. Correct. And I think that that is one of the things that this film does very, very, very well, is the new Pinhead, Priestess, whatever they refer to that character as, because I think that it is an incredibly interesting take on the Cenobites and on Pinhead. And I I found an article that I'm absolutely in love with by Lee David uh, Elliot Cray, a trans writer called From Queer View, and it's called Enough is a Myth, Kink, Consent, and Trans Representation in Hellraiser. And some of the interesting things that they say in this is that, number one, it's refreshing to see a non-normative, sensual character portrayed by a transgendered actor in a non-villainous role. So I first was like, non-villainous? Yeah. And then I was like, yeah, they are not, the Cenobites and, and Pinhead are not the villains in these films. I have that note in Ooh, both Hellraiser 2022 yeah. and Hellraiser Part And the two, original series, that, yeah. Yeah, the Cenobites are, they're not the central villain. They're, they they're are not. not portrayed in fact, as the central in none villain. of these films are they the central villain. And they have no real agency. They are only there to be like a mirror of the consequences of our own actions, mm-hmm. our own hedonism, our own, you know, evils if you will and really like i love that they are there only to show us like the options of our choices and i like that they're not really characters because they don't really they don't they act only based on how we act right so they can't they can't be because at first i was like well of course they're villains and then i was like no no he's they they're absolutely right they they show up because they're called by the person yeah you know they show up because they're told to Mm -hmm. they you know, they are essentially, you're right, they are reactive to our actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're, they're villainous because things that they do are very extreme. 
And that's, to me, an interesting critique of the problems with society not accepting fetishism, not accepting extremes. If this is where you get your jollies, good on you. you well, know? I'm, I'm talking more to the extremes of like tearing your flesh. Oh, away. yeah, yeah, that's yeah, fair. Like but that's... according, right, Frank sought that, right? I mean, and so did Voight. Now, Voight and Frank were interesting because Voight was such a fucking trope to me. Like the really power hungry, <clears throat> shitty fucking entrepreneur. Yeah, like when he even says the line, like, you know, all I, you know, I have had every pleasure mm-hmm. that money can buy, and now I need right. something further. Which, quite frankly, like, yeah, there was, there was, there was another trope in this movie that I kind of, I always laugh at when I see it in a movie. <laughs> Um, the trope of a random person stumbling upon someone's years of research and in a short time becoming an expert because (laughs) because a quick montage shows them flipping through some pages and then suddenly they're like I know everything someone's years of research they got it I hate that both of these films had that trope a little bit they did they did Kirstie's also guilty of that too some research and And just real quick we got oh that's Pinhead I see the resemblance we got it all yeah we got it all um, yeah, Voight was, was annoying because for him, for me with him, it wasn't about the sexuality and like the desire for that extreme gratification or like that extreme pleasure. It was totally power and totally, so like Frank was fat. Well, Frank was always such a fascinating villain in the first Hellraiser to me, the OG one, because he was just some dude who really wanted to get his jollies. And I found that very fascinating. Whereas with Voight, I'm like, oh, get it. Super rich guy. Like, give me, give me a break. Like it was so bleh. Um, and I did like when he became a Cenobite. I thought that was a pretty cool scene at the end. But both Riley and Voight fail miserably at what I thought is so good about the original Hellraiser because I think Frank is a fascinating villain and Voight is not. And I think Riley is the fucking shittiest final girl protagonist because her moral ambiguity, her addiction, her shittiness, they don't make me want to root for her. And I, I liken it to the girl from The Evil Dead. The girl in The Evil Dead remake, you do kind of root for her even though she's shitty because you still see her humanity. I don't see Riley's humanity. She's horrible to her brother. She's horrible to the boyfriend who winds up being a fucking traitor anyway. She's oh, horrible him. to everybody. I'm th- the boyfriend, I mean, like, if it wasn't obvious in the first three seconds Seriously, that he was, that like, he was a like a double-crosser kind of... <laughs> like... Like they, they made it Reed so obvious, obvious. that he like, was like, "Oh, don't touch the bugs." Yeah, the one I'll, I will give Riley the one cool moment was when she was smart enough to stab Not. one of the Cenobites with the box. I did. Therefore, like that. they had to be taken, mm-hmm. which made me a little of, sad. Um I did I liked that she flipped the script and she stabbed that was clever. them. I, I did, definitely I, had a clever girl moment. She yeah, no, I she is the clever girl. The here and you know what, going back to the boyfriend, you know what the biggest red flag for him? This is supposed His to haircut? be your junkie boyfriend right he's supposed to be a junkie he's mm-hmm. into like all bad stuff oh for sure yeah okay have you seen his apartment and a pinball machine yeah nobody has that kind of money who's a no. junkie no and and if you, I mean, you're, like, you knew instantly that he was on Voight's uh payroll because i'm sorry oh no, i definitely did not but i never see that oh coming. to me like that like maybe i want a pinball machine so desperately so i know like i'm constantly on ebay looking so i know how expensive like i know that like 
a really like cool like Batman like eighty nine Batman mm-hmm. Michael Keaton tie in is like eight thousand dollars. I know. I would love nothing more. Oh, um, but yeah, like my first thought was he's clearly working with the rich guy because wow, that I apartment never had that thought and that pinball machine. <laughs> his apartment was dope as hell. It was, but no, he's a junkie like kind of like small time criminal. But sure, you go ahead and have a pinball machine <laughs> and a nice brick-exposed apartment in the city. You were you always so cle- so much more clever at reading people than I am. I never saw it coming. I was like, oh shit, he works for Voight. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just thought maybe, like, you know, he was a pinball collector. Um, also, like, so the whole uh, Le Marchand box or whatever it's called. Yeah. The, 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 bo- yeah. the puzzle box. You know, they talk about it being, like, so hard to solve, but every but like, everybody can carry. <laughs> they just the know lament to, like, configuration. Lament that's configure. what it's called. Like they know that they just like rub their little thumb on the circle, give a little. I gotta tell you, if the girl who's coked out and cracked out can solve the box in ten seconds, y'all need to get. You know what? I'm gonna call bullshit on the Cenobites here. Because they want me to solve the bot. Listen, give me a Rubik's Cube. Then you'll never have the yeah. Leviathan ever be fucked with by anybody, okay? Like, no. You make it literally like, chick, chick, chick. It's like three clicks and yeah. you're there. And you solved it. Yeah. yeah. Like, is it really that hard? It's like the puzzles you give to kids that are like three big giant pieces. That's what I liken it to. I had the same thought of like, you know, the six piece puzzles you give yeah. like preschoolers? <laughs> when you're a kid, yeah. That's, 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 the that's what it configuration. is. Yeah. Um, make I it a little hard. I, I, can, I can get, like, this movie overall for me was, it was good. It was it was a mediocre sequel. Like it was very average right meh, down the middle yeah, for, me. for me. It wasn't great. A little boring. I don't think I'd watch it again. No. I um I did like the imagery. Um I love when the brother goes to wash his hands in the sink. Um and there's all the blood in the sink when Riley comes in to see it. It's in the shape of a heart. Did you notice that? Ugh, no. The blood in the sink is in the shape of a heart. <laughs> a little on the nose, no? I still liked it. I like the image. I like, you know, all the the right angles. Like, you know, we're all we're on the theme of the box. I mean, they right. did that they did that in part three as well, with yeah, like the clever. building looking like the box mm-hmm. and the whole nine. Um But yeah, like I I, just, I, I don't liked, know. I, I I did I liked the Cenobites way more because as as it happens in so many of these sequels, you know, the more sequels you get, kind of like the goofier you get. So it was refreshing yeah, to see scary Cenobites again. I mean, it happened with Nightmare on Elm Street. It got goofy, yeah. and then we had New Nightmare. Yeah. It happened in the Child's Play series. It got goofy, and then we got the last two Child Play movies, yeah. which, you know, the cult of Chucky, cult like, of it forbidden. became yeah. scary again. So I like that we brought the Cenobites back to... A more horrific, like we don't have the one that's got like spitting CDs out of his mouth and stuff like that. <laughs> um, I like that we got more of a, I say a more graphic Cenobite, but I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in like the most. I positive agree. Yeah, way. and I liked if they're supposed to represent like some hedonistic seeking of ultimate pleasure. I thought they do a good job of each character had its own really full body representation of that that I found interesting. I kind of dug the whole blade in the box slash six different layers to the puzzle thing. Yeah. But A, why is it the fucking easiest thing in the world to solve? And B, you never gave me enough like with the lament and the Leviathan and the the knowledge and the this and the that. Those were cool. And again, like uh, that montage wasn't nearly enough. I feel like you could do a whole movie just on all that. Right. So it's like, you put to, I think they bit off more than they can chew there because it was a cool concept. It just, they never fully 
flushed it out, which is to me the biggest part of this fucking whole movie because Riley's a shitty mess. They never flush out the relationships of anybody in this movie. Like even with the boyfriend, like, and again, yay for like a, a LGBTQ represent a representation in a film, but I didn't really like, I liked the relationship between the two, the, the couple, but oh, I'm supposed to just naturally be okay with Riley and the boyfriend being super close. Like you've never established any of these relationships, uh, like the, the mm-hmm, brother's boyfriend. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like this, this movie failed at, it came up with some cool concepts and then didn't deliver. And even the house itself was such a cool concept that he built this whole house to be a trap for the Cenobites. Cenobites. But we never got, like, it never went anywhere. I I want more of that story. Oh my god, yeah, there was so much cool shit that didn't went anywhere. I did find it funny that at the end, when Riley's like, I don't want any of your levels. Like, I just want to forget this. I want to go live my life. And they called it. And then they were like, well, guess what? You are going to live a brief life uh, full of regret. Uh, You're going to be bitter and blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, so, so like real life. Real life. Like, so just regular life. I did like that theme. Yeah. Like, so basically you're saying, and and for her character, she also caused all this. You know, you are going to have a life of regret because it's your fault that your brother is dead. It's your your fault that all these people are dead. This has happened, you know? And yeah, you are going to be bitter and resentful. And I like that her choice of, I don't want any of what you're giving me. I just want to go live the rest of my life. It's like, well, guess what? You still fit into the box. You still checked off all the right things. And here's the lament configuration. Yeah. And I liked that, like Kirstie in the original, she does in some ways outsmart the Cenobites. Um, right. Like when she stabs the one and when she, um, you know, decides not, she knows they're tricking her by saying they'll bring the right. brother back. But I thought Kirstie's outsmarting of them and final girlness is so much better. If I'm comparing the two. Right. Well, so I did have to call this movie out for not being super original because I was drawing some comparisons with Nightmare on Elm Street 2. You said that and I'm fascinated. Just with the whole, you know, your central character, your main character now isn't so much the one that's in danger because the villain or a villainous type character has chosen you to bring like the sacrifices essentially mm, okay. because that's what happened in you know in in nightmare 2 i mean jesse his character basically was supposed to you know bring the souls to freddy you know freddy was coming alive through him and you know he was like bring me more souls and bring me more people even though there wasn't a whole lot of death mm-hmm. any of it was connected to jesse um, and this was the same thing where it was like, you know, the Cenobites were like, okay, we're not going to hurt you. You're going to bring us the sacrifices. Then yeah, there's another, yeah, they, the they, they kind of yeah. did that slightly too a little bit. In part in, two. And in part four of, oh, of Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, with, yeah, very with, much so. With uh, Dream Master. Where, when, like, yeah. it, was, it was, you know, all of Alice's friends because mm-hmm. Kristen passed it on to Alice. And, <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's a common trope. Um, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. Like, I'm like, okay, it was, you know. I felt like we could have been a little bit more inventive in 2022, but like I said, I didn't. I didn't hate this movie. It's not. I didn't dislike this movie. This movie was perfectly fine, but I don't think I liked it enough that I'd be like, "Let's all watch Hellraiser 2022." No, me neither. Yeah. It was just meh. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And uh, like the meat on the bones didn't work for me, so to speak, because I feel like there wasn't 
none of the themes, none of the ideas of like addiction or you know sexuality and, and any of that that they actually get anywhere with. Whereas the original Hellraiser, I think, has really interesting things to say yeah. about sex and pleasure. And you know when he's like, some people call us angels, some people call us demons. There's so many really fucking fascinating things to the original that I. I just craved that and didn't get it from this. And the things from the 1987 original, they still hold up today. 100%. As does the film itself. Yes. Um, It's still so creepy, so effective, so good. And Frank and Julia run circles around Voight and the the fuckboy boyfriend. And Kirstie runs circles around Riley. Yeah. So to me, it just can't hold up. And I, I hate to say that because I, you know me, I actually am a big supporter of remakes and reboots, but I just it, it, it just didn't work for me. It just it failed yeah. to get where I wanted it to go. And short of Jamie Clayton's performance and short of the new conceptualization of the Cenobites, it fell flat for me. Yeah. 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 But let's jump into Hellbound Hellraiser 2, if that's okay. Let's go in the Wayback Machine. Right back to 1988. Uh, I like watching this... Almost as much as I like watching the original. True story. And I have a nickname for this film. I call it Fuck It You Guys Again. Because that's what I bet the Cenobites really said. I know. Um, the other question I have, and I was a little confused. I'm hoping you can help me. Because I really, I don't understand this. When Kirstie's running around the labyrinth, where the fuck are Hoggle and Ludo? <laughs> <laughs> because. They're with Sir Didymus. And I'm so confused. And why isn't anybody singing Dance Magic Dance? I know. Where's David Bell? Where, but, Where uh, is Gareth? This, this Jared, is the labyrinth. It is. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just a little confused. Yeah. I, I thought I must have put it in the wrong movie. Oops, oopsie poopsie. Uh, Where, I, where's Hogwarts? I gotta tell you, I spent a lot of time entertaining myself while watching this film by making labyrinth jokes at myself. Because I was sitting by myself and I was like, <laughs> it'd be so funny if he came out and like they were juggling the heads of the guy, little creature guys. Like I just, it never, it never got old for me no. in case you're wondering. Yeah. So I'm going to get that out of my system now. I'm going to make my labyrinth joke. Um... I also, I'm going to be totally honest with you, I did fall into the trap of having to like Google and figure out what the, what the actual F is going on with the Leviathan as the Lord of the underworld, like this world and everything. And apparently, historically speaking, in like the comics and everything, the Cenobites are humans who have been chosen by the Leviathan. The Leviathan is the god of this land, right? Um, And basically like the Leviathan thinks humans suck and wants them all to suffer. Okay. But... There are apparently worthy people, presumably for their love of pain and pleasure. So I had a really hard time following and researching the mythology of the Leviathan and this whole thing. But I will say that the the story of the director of the film, I thought, was pretty interesting. Um, Tony Randall is the director. He worked with Clive on the original. He was like an understudy to Clive. Clive said he was too busy to do this one. He thought it was like moving too quick. The original writer of this film was Michael McDowell, who you might know is the writer of Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, that's right. And he was going to write the film, and weirdly, his partner died suddenly. Mm. And so he tapped out of this project, and that's how they got the Peter Atkins version that we have today. Um, <clears throat> Peter Atkins, writer of the Wishmaster movies. Ooh. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> so there is a little bit of an interesting history as far as that goes. I think Randall does a good job, though. I think this movie really goes smoothly into like this, the next day. I was thinking, yeah, <laughs> and this movie, I think, is very well-paced. Because Agreed. 
It's, it's one of those things where I did check, like I, I, I was watching this at work and I was I'm eating lunch and I need to check to see if it's time to go back, you know, go back to work and how much time is left. And really from where they were in the movie, like it moves very, very quickly. Um, I okay. like that right away we get the pinhead origin. I love that, I that, that brief moment where we see... You know, the human get turned into pinhead. I like the special effects of the human so getting turned into spinhead. Yep. Into spinhead. Spinhead would spin be fun. Head. He was in um, part eight. He must have been. <laughs> um, and I like the, the whole thing with Julia, um, with her coming back through the mattress. In, in Yeah, because she's a slut. <laughs> in, in the book, The Hellbound Heart. So, like, in... Well, no. Let me, let me start with, in the original Hellraiser... Uh, Larry's blood brings Frank back. In the book, it's Larry's blood and Frank's um, jisms, jisms, jasms, jisms <laughs> um, that mix together and bring him back, which mm. makes more sense. Mm. But what I also, delightful, I also understand why in you know in in the original Maybe we Hellraiser, have, we, yeah, we probably that, logistically that was a nightmare. We, we can't put the jasms in <laughs> the original Hellraiser. No, there was um, enough of Frank's jasms to be with. <laughs> but no, so we're, the blood is you know what, and what I like is after Julia comes out of the mattress and she kills the first guy, she's like, "Help me!" And the doctor just like basically kicks over the mattress because she's got to get back in the blood. So I really like that. Ooh, and she's like. <laughs> Um, but Yo, also the, the like the facts of those bodies work for me every time too. They do. I, I, you know, Julia, it, she, I said, it must be on. like being like living with a toddler who's just always sticky and it's always just yeah, like, don't touch that. That's why you wrap her up. You gotta, <laughs> yeah, that's why he was like, I did yeah, like she the, got it everywhere. I she did, really did. She did. She did get it everywhere. I did <laughs> like the Bride of Frankenstein imagery of her being all wrapped up in the bandages and the dress and all She was so spooky. She was She's so though. scary in her human form. So in her like whatever the word is pin like like dead form she's so terrifying that actress cheers on her because she plays such a good wicked stepmother it's and i love when she even references the fairy tales like i just think it's so self-aware in that way she is so spooky i hate when they're in that form because frank is so scary when he's like that too um it's so effective for me I just, I love her. And I love that she uses sexuality as a weapon. It's funny, I was reading this one critique and I feel bad that I don't have the name of it, but the woman was like, really this film should be called um, The Downfall of a Woman Who Would Do Anything to for a Really Good Fuck. And I was like, man, that's so profound yet interesting because Julia is that in the first movie, but then she really evolves in this one yeah. into a very good villain. Um, and she gets her revenge on Frank, which makes me happy because fuck him, he deserved it. And I love that she quotes Frank to Frank. Mm-hmm. I love that she quotes everybody to like she she just quotes that like she's just such a good villain. In she this. she is a real badass bitch in this movie, and I do <laughs> I, I like her. Like ranking villains, she's up there because she like you mm-hmm. think that she's like now that she's back she'll be submissive or whatever and or she her nah, she, she down, has man. an agenda the whole time and she will stick to that agenda. And sure, doctor, we can make out. Bring me bodies. Yeah, that, you she know, uses her you, sexuality as a weapon. You know. Yeah, I love that. And that doctor is such a friggin' creep. Like, uh, and were were institutions that bad in the eighties? Still, I didn't know. Like, I was I so uncomfortable. I hate seeing like creepy mental institutions because yeah. I was like me. But um, I couldn't know. And the dude, who, <laughs> the other doctor guy who gets killed, I I laughed because I was like, huh. 
Turns out he's a throwaway character, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, a new love interest for Kirsten. That's what I thought. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. Bye. Nope. <laughs> Which, you know what? Good. You know what? Because she doesn't need a love interest. No. It's not, it is not a necessity no, in I the like story. I like that Steve's not so. in this. I like that she very much... And I I didn't love her taking care of Tina, whatever her name Tiffany. was. Tiffany. She was so... I such thought, a token, like, I thought that was. I thought <laughs> like, that was kind of weird that, that like, that suddenly they were both in the yeah, now they're, yeah. And Kirstie's like, come with me and we'll be together forever. Right, like, like, what like, are you really? Do? You don't know... Like, what are you, you going to fix her? Yeah, like, what are you doing? Like, wait up. Also... I love the Cenobites and their morality, and this this works both in the remake of tw- from twenty twenty two and in this one, where like when she opens the box, they're like, "We're not, we don't need you. We're yeah. after the people who did this for the reasons." And I like that they toy with Kirstie, where they're like, "We got plenty of time, girl. Go take a look around. Have fun." Oh, no, I loved it. I do <laughs> um, love that whole. I love the interactions between the Cenobites and the humans. As yeah, well. they do, and I think it's. <laughs> I have that moment at the end. When the doctor is killing all the Cenobites and Pinhead is all like, save yourself, Kirstie. All of a sudden they're fucking bros? Like, what? Oh, did you have a moment? I'm sorry. (laughs) They did. What the fuck? Speaking of Valentine's Day, those two had a fucking moment. First of all, how did she know that was him in the picture? Because she did research. She stumbled <laughs> she, that's upon right, research, remember? She, a, a lifetime worth of research. She just she read a few. Stumbled she stumbled upon You know what? what I, if I'm ever going to leave my lifetime of research, I'm going to leave spark notes for whoever yeah. comes along and needs to just quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, she stumbled upon a lifetime of research <laughs> and so instantly. Ridiculous. And I love that, like, I had said that the Cenobites were cured by the power of love. <laughs> <laughs> Just that's remember, gonna be the, like seriously, that's the like, power of love. clap your hands to bring Tinkerbell back. Like that's what. If Just you remember, clap, you remember, if you don't believe, yeah. remember who you are, and then so dumb. A yeah, little dumb. Like, clap your the hands. ending felt very rushed. Yeah. That's my big critique here. Yeah, because it was the, so well done. The ending with the cinema. I almost called them Cinnabites. Cinnabites. <laughs> the ending with the Cinnabites felt slightly rushed. I did like the scene. When like they were in the windy tunnel and Julia's gets completely degloved, she does. <laughs> she, I was like, "Whoa, that head, escalated quickly." Head to toe, she gets ripped out of her skin. Well, I love that it comes cuckoo cuckoo full circle. It does. She, uh, she dons Kirstie Julia. I gotta tell you, it's on the Julia skin. I'm gonna need some epic hand sandy after I do that. Ooh. Oh, yeah, no, we're I'm not gonna, gonna need, hug. I'm gonna need a shower. No, yeah, I'm putting on somebody else's skin. I think I die. I don't think I could do it. Yeah. I'm very easily schemed by that kind of stuff. Um, but I loved the cuckoo cuckoo-ness of it. Um, can we... All right. I'm not going to say Kirstie is a little bit of a chump. But, like, fool me once, shame on me. <laughs> fool me twice, Frank. Girl, like the, uh, help me, I'm in hell. Okay. If I thought somebody I loved was in hell, I'd be like, all right, pitter-patter, right? If I knew a way to get in there. But you really didn't did maybe think for a second that all these evil fuckers were trying to put one over on you. I will say, though, that that led to one of my favorite parts of the movie, where Frank says to her, oh, grow up. When you're dead, you're dead. Mm-hmm. When she's like, I thought you were my father asking for help. So this isn't hell. Like, basically, what he's saying is that the father's gone, right? Yeah, no, I, I kind of took it as when, when the Cenobites take you, like you're you're gone, but you're you, not in you're hell. not dead and you're not in hell. But you are in this you're in their realm. 
Right. The now Leviathan, you're gonna, right? You're going to be the, there right, the for the for you know God, for right. eternity in in torture. Right. But it is not hell. But it is not hell. It's Frank not hell. killed Larry, his brother, and. Larry's so he's dead. just dead. Larry's just he dead. He's just dead. So there's no heaven, there's gone. no hell. And he actually, Frank actually refers to himself as a ghost, which I think is interesting. Yeah. And I like that, like hell, it's like Frank's worst nightmare and torture is having to see all these women riding and not be, I guess, not being yeah, able to. Yeah, not being able to his, his get have pleasure. <laughs> he can't get the jasms. He gets no jasms no and no jasms. pleasures. That's what he gets. Um, I would have liked to have seen more people. Like when Tiffany went into the carnival thing. Yeah. I was like, what's happening here, girl? Like, what? What? Like, so she saw herself in the womb? I was so yeah, confused. I that got a little trippy for me. It did. And I didn't quite know where, where we were supposed to take from that. There was no development of that character in any meaningful way. No. So that was a flaw for me. Because um, I really wanted to be like, all right, this is this is her hell because... Like, she's not talking because, what, her mom was mean? I'm so confused. Like, no, no. There was something happened that her mother brought her to the doctor. And the doctor saw the potential in her to solve the box. So, so the kept doctor her kept her and killed the mother. Oh, shit. You got that and from that? She saw her mother die. Remember when, like, you see the mother and then the glove with the black hand? Yeah, but I was... And I, I, I took that as the doctor killed the mother right in front so of her. Brilliant. And that's why she okay. stopped talking. Because she was traumatized. Wow. Yeah. See? Child comes back to trauma. Yeah. Um, wow. That's... Okay, see, I didn't get that. I, yeah. I must have missed... I that's watched I the whole thing. That's like, what I got There's a baby. It. There's dead. There's... And then he was doing, like, brain surgeries. I was so confused. Thank you for clarifying that for me. Um, I the, the one the, my biggest gripe with this movie at one part toward the end, Kirstie was like super confused about it the box being a puzzle. Yeah, <laughs> you know, really, Kirstie, like really? like because Tiffany was solving it or something, and she was like, "It's a it's a puzzle. You can solve it. It's a puzzle." I'm like, didn't you fucking call it a puzzle box like 15 Girl, minutes ago? did you solve it originally? Yeah, you Why are you suddenly like, she right? She was super confused she about was it being tra- a puzzle. She was traumatized. She was traumatized. <laughs> there is some trauma. She had trauma blocking her memories. Her memories. <laughs> so this led me to a fun question. What is your torture in the Leviathan? What is the thing that would drive you the crap? I know mine. It's so easy. It would be like food that I can't reach. <laughs> Like, it would be, like, a taco and a pizza and, like, a Reese's peanut butter cup, and I would just be super hungry and just have to, like, stand there, and, like, every time I reach for it, it pulls away. Oh, no! That would be my, that would be my, my Leviathan hell. My Leviathan hell would be, um, being in a room with my dog, but every time I try to get near my dog, he barks at me like he doesn't know me. Like, I'm a stranger. Like, stranger danger. Terrible, yeah. I would just be like, because my dog, if he doesn't know you, like, he'll, like, gnash teeth. Like, he's, really? he can be scary. He can be scary. Good thing Dudley loves me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that would be mine. That I am alone in the room with Dudley, and he just he reacts to me like I'm a stranger. And no, my real fun. hell would be that. God forbid something happened to the girls, but I didn't even want to think that out loud. Oh but, yeah, no, yeah. So it's much more fun to do the no, food. Do the one. do the donuts. Yeah, do the donuts. <laughs> <laughs> just so hungry. You know um, what? Here's 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 my real answer. Be like, here's the I'd like, They'd you. be like, Jackie, what do you want? I'd be like, I want Cinnabites. And Cenobites. Cenobites keep coming. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, no. no, no Cenobites. 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 And like, yeah. just more and That's more so Cenobites true. keep yeah. coming. And I'm like, I want a, a Cinnabon. I want a Cinnabon. <laughs> Extra frosting. Some people call it Cinnabon. Yeah. yeah. No, and just frosting on the side. And just Pinhead and the Chatter <laughs> and all the Cenobites that would be, keep that would be coming. There's my, there's my hell room. No. Is my hell room would be the food. I want a delicious cinnamon treat. And I just get Cenobites. 
which is there's a big difference between the two for those of you there out is. there in the world who might not know the difference. Um, so funny. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, what would my torture room be? It would definitely have to do with food because that's what literally yeah. drives me. Um, and then I was also thinking about, the, again, like getting caught up in the mythology of all this because I'm like, well, if there's no heaven and hell in this, so, so in this world where this exists, there's no heaven and hell. No, I feel like there is, but I just feel like there's also this realm because, like, yeah. when people die regularly, it's not like they're going to this Leviathan world. No, right. So, like, I think there's yeah, heaven yeah, yeah. and hell, but then those that fuck around and find out with this goddamn they box, do fuck around and find they're out, going right. to this Leviathan realm. And the real, I think the real, like, lesson I learned from both of these films is don't fuck around with puzzles and no, find out. Because no. nothing good's going to come of it. Mm-mm. No. Which is why I'm glad I've never solved a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> Maybe that's what happens when you solve the Rubik's Cube. No. What do I know? I've never done it. A- no, AJ can solve a Rubik's Cube and like... Is he one of those like, I can do oh, it in yeah. five seconds? Yeah, he oh, can do those it in five seconds, yeah. Apparently it's just an out, like a, like a pattern. He, like he a... told me that uh, his like senior thesis was based on Rubik's Cubes. And I forget what it was. But like basically like the the mathematical pattern to solve Yeah, Rubik's one of my Cube. friends uh, who's who's a mathematician also says that there's just a pattern. Yeah, like a, there is. There's like a, a formula, pattern, but... I guess, yeah, for lack of a absolutely. Term. Absolutely is. But um, I don't know. I think overall, and again, um, I'm going to be in the same boat that you are with not uh, not being... I'm very ignorant of like the BDSM community and things like that. Yeah. But I would say, they my, all say Jackie. my blanket statement for all these movies is um, it's all about pleasure and pain. But I'm not seeing a lot of happy faces. No, that's there's, so a, there's true. a lot of there's a lot of screaming. That is so true. Go I'm not on. seeing a lot of pleasure. I'm seeing, no. oh, except when Frank's around and well, Frank is somebody a good a good <laughs> ride. Um, yeah. But again, and this is to tie back to our Valentine's Day theme. Be careful, the guy who is a great f, but is really bad for you. Like yeah. Julia learned that lesson the hard way. He yeah. stabbed her. Like, what happened to you, girl? You, and then, cheat on, you, you know, cheated on the nice guy. You bought him back from the dead. You killed for him. You got... I mean, listen, I get it. That's a that's a solid... You looked... Like, I mean, you want to talk about looking like you were having fun. You, you got to be careful for the woman that wants revenge. Oh, the scorned woman. Right? Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, the scorned woman. Like, Ugh. you don't want to get in her way. Red Because she, she has got She'll drive. use you. She'll use you. The She'll doctor learns the hard way. <laughs> That's right. Now he's a sentiment bite. Also, did you enjoy the giant penis that was on his head? Because <laughs> I didn't notice it at first. I didn't notice it either. And at first it really Dickhead. wasn't. It was just kind of like this claw. But then toward the end when he was starting to, I guess, die or whatever, the little claw thing started to swell. And it was a penis? It is a thousand percent a penis. Oh my God. Like, I feel it like is, you have to go back. It is <laughs> so 100% creepy. Or is this like a Rorschach thing where you just thought it no, was a penis? Because it no. looked like a claw from like the machine. It did. When I and then like, when it started to swell, it, and well, it's stop like using the word cover. swell. It's really making it, me I'm uncomfortable. It, it was engorged. <laughs> it got really girthy. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, my love. <laughs> Please don't talk about the swelling of it anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, all these. Speaking of Happy Valentine's Day, Riley, Trevor. Voight, bad news. Bad news. The poor little kid with the tank, who, who's awkward and wears a tank top to a fancy party at the beginning. He didn't know what happened in Hellraiser. <laughs> All of these people fall victim because they're like, no, I'm going to take a shot at love and look what happens. Mm-hmm. So this Valentine's Day, everybody, just remember, say no to cinnamon bites. Say, say no to puzzle boxes. Say no to all the boxes. Just be yeah. safe. At this point, if like... If your junkie boyfriend has a pinball machine... Say no. 
You break it up because the there is there is some Head shit you don't know about. The the recovering addicts are. I'm sorry, but be careful because they're just gonna replace one addiction with another. Yeah, Riley. 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 Um, be careful for the scorned woman. Yeah. Be Watch careful out. for the doctor, the the mad scientist type. Yeah. Probably from World War Two. That's what I was thinking about him. I did the math. It adds up. Um, be careful for the young doctor who's the. Um, Although he was delightful. I guess he didn't really do anything wrong. He, no, he was trying to help he her because he believed her. He was another one that like stumbled upon the research. He did. He, he figured it out too soon yeah. too. Yeah, I guess he was all right. He's the one guy I'd be all right with the listeners, you know, taking a chance with. Yeah. Although I, I think it'd be boring after a while. But um, be, beware the, the good lover who is always looking for his next good romp. Let's wrap up uh, wrap by saying up. we be hope, careful. We hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Uh, whether or not you are celebrating Valentine's Day with friends, with family, with a loved one. Or saying fuck you to Valentine's Day. It's a fucking corporate bullshit it is. holiday. Right up your ass, Hallmark. Yep. Um, however you spend this month. I literally just thought you said right up your asshole, Mark. And I was like, who the <laughs> fuck is Mark? <laughs> like for a second I was like, who's Mark? Oh, yeah, fuck asshole, you, Mark. Mark. <laughs> if your name is Mark, straight up your pooper. <laughs> Fuck you, Mark. How about that? Yeah. Or uh, now all or our Mark. listeners named Mark. No, you know what, Mark? We love you. We love you. Hall Mark you. we don't love. No. Uh, it's not true. I love that store. No, it is delightful. <laughs> it's a delightful I always get your story. I get your Oh, I love that. Um Hallmark. don't forget to check us out on social media. <laughs> See, like even we have hearts on Valentine's We do we have hearts on Mark. We have hearts all month. Yeah. Every month. Yep. And there we go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there it is. I was going to say something else, but again, things are falling out of my brain. You know why? Because we got swelling. Your brain is because swelling. we got crumble cookies out there. We and I'm going to eat my us. first crumble Fucking cookie. excited. For Valentine's Day. Our little Valentine's yeah, treat. We're going to. Lady in the tram. Yeah, we are. Uh, so don't forget to check us out on social media or your favorite podcasting app. Just search for Jersey Ghouls and you will find us there. We love you so much. Thanks for joining us on Jersey Ghouls. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.